Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. I'm talking with women who share their experiences and what they've learned. We talk about where they're taking action, where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, and how they're using their God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. Because every woman of God has a fierce calling, and everybody has a story. So let's tell them to glorify God and share what we know. And I hope this podcast inspires and encourages other women to step out of their doubt, into their calling, and use their God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. In today's episode, Leading with Your Strengths, the Enneagram from a Biblical Perspective, I'm talking with my friend Amy Wicks. Amy is a speaker, an author, and a podcast host, but she's also an Enneagram coach. She unpacks the Enneagram for us from a Biblical Perspective. We are talking about how to lead with your strengths and what those numbers mean and how you can have a confident mom heart. Plus, she talks about her super summer challenge to help moms create meaningful minutes with the kids this summer. But it isn't just for moms. It's for all women. So listen in while I have a chat with Amy Wicks. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. And I'm excited today to welcome my friend, Amy Wicks. She's an Enneagram life coach, workshop creator, and speaker who lives in Kansas City with her hubby and three kids. And she's also co-authored a book with Sarah Haggerty, which I love the title, The Unseen Way, a book study created for unseen, the gift of being hidden in a world that loves to be noticed. Isn't that the truth? Welcome Uh to the show, Amy. Thank you, Doris. I'm thrilled to be here. And you are just the sweetest. I love it. I love just, you know, seeing you in your element. You were made for this. Oh, that's exciting, especially from an Enneagram coach to be saying that to me. (laughs) I love it. I met Amy at a conference at the Spark Christian Podcast Conference. And what a delight it was to spend time with you. You were totally so yeah, fun. it was fun. And little did we know that this would probably have been the last time we were going to travel for months. <laughs> right. That is so true. Cause that was what in February, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It was near the end of February, just a few weeks before life would change as we knew it. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. Like who'd have thought, well, God knew, but yeah, yep, not me, <laughs> but it was kind of cool for all the connections, you know, that we've been able yes. to make just by being at the conference. So what a blessing. I know I had shared with you, but I think it's so sweet. I was going to be going up to my room. It's the first time I've actually gone to a conference where I've traveled alone before, but I've always had someone there that I've connected with and roomed with or whatever. This particular conference was just like, okay, I'm going kind of thing. So I didn't really have any particular person that I was hanging out with. And so, which was cool too, because then I got to meet so many different people, but I was heading up to my room and you're like, are you going to your room? Wait, don't go to your room yet. Let's go, you know, (laughs) hang out. There was some really cool desserts going on and just a lot of fellowship. I had um, Misty Phillip on the conference founder and we were just talking about how it just felt like a fellowship. It was just awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. I loved getting to go as well in the same situation where it was a very last minute, the Lord opened up the door to go and I was going all alone, which 
you know, retrospect, it was wonderful that I got a little respite alone, but it was kind of fun to just go meet a bunch of strangers who had a shared passion for Christ and a love or interest at least for podcasting. So we had, you know, plenty of shared interest to begin conversation, but it was fun. It was a totally different experience for me. I was in my element (laughs) for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I love too, that you are also a podcast host of the Simply Wholehearted podcast. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and find out more. So I would love if you would share a little bit of your story and how you are taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. I love this. I love that this is what your podcast focuses on because I needed something like this, especially in those days of motherhood when the kids were all super little, right? Because I had a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn, and I was drowning, right? You know, you just, you're immersed in this and you can't even remember when you last took a shower. And the last thing on your mind is what am I going to do to build the kingdom of God? Because you're just surviving. But for me, I go way back and I had the privilege of being raised in a a pastor's home and stepped into, hadn't planned on it, but I stepped into full-time ministry after I'm even moved out of their house in a mega church and got to travel the world to do missions work and to teach and to preach and and to share my testimony and, and lots of other exciting ministry things. But when you enter into motherhood, it's a huge transition, no longer the dreamy hours of journaling and prayer room and all that sort of stuff. And, and you kind of, I didn't ever feel coached or to know exactly what to do with that season of life, besides obviously being really attentive to the hearts in my home. And I I knew that was important, but I didn't, in the back of my mind, and there would be some that would say that, you know, that is your highest calling. And I think that what I've come to find out is that it's one of my greatest callings, Mm. but my highest calling is to serve Jesus and to love him and to be his daughter. And I think that that just like one little sentence could have helped me muddle through those early, you know, momming years a little bit better Mm. with a little bit more strength and clarity. But I had so much in me that I wanted to do, but it just really got lost in this season of motherhood. And I'm, I'm so grateful because the Lord was really kind and didn't like, you know, hit me overhead by the two by four or, (laughs) you know, had some like radical thing. He just every once in a while would remind me about this thing I had in my heart and this passion for teaching and discipleship. And it was really about being faithful with the small things, faithful with the relationships in my home, faithful with the people I would go running with and people that I would interact with and the discipleship and the things like that, you know, those, those small little moments. And he actually kind of pushed me out of the nest, so to speak, and got me into um, a business called Norwex and it's, you know, microfiber claws. I, I still like I'm active so I could keep my discount. Right. But it was, it was this little thing that got me out of the nest and into other people's homes and lives especially people who didn't know the Lord. And I began to have this interaction that continued to awaken and shape the call that I felt like the Lord had put in my life, which calling, man, it's a broad word, right? But like this desire to make impact for the kingdom. So I started doing that and kind of one thing led to another. 
And I went to a conference with my mother-in-law and she had written a book called the Super Summer Challenge. And it had been based on a tradition that she had done with her kids over 30 years before. And she had taught moms groups and other young moms how to do this tradition. And she had taught me and it was a saving grace for me. And I had loved doing it. And my friends would ask me, what is this thing that you do? Cause I, you know, post on social media about it every once in a while. And as we went to that conference, I went there to help give her passion and vision for her ministry. And I went there just to learn some more stuff, stuff, how I could be a better uh, leader in my Norwex business. And as I sat there, I felt like the Lord, almost like a mantle was lifted onto my shoulders about this message for intentional parenting. This message my mother-in-law had been carrying for all these years, I felt shift over to me and my heart. And so a very long story, a nuanced story that weekend ended where my mother-in-law was like, I would love for you to figure out how to continue to share this message. And I came back and talked to my husband and he was like, I love this. I think that would be amazing. And I'd been doing well in my Norwex business. And so it was kind of a sacrifice to give that up, to focus on this other thing. But there, and there's so many other, you know, pieces to the story, but that's kind of what opened up this door to a world of podcasting and teaching and even the Enneagram ultimately, and has me now where I'm have done the podcast for over three years and have been working on writing projects for over four years and, and on a whole nother adventure that I could have I just never would have imagined, especially even 10 years ago when I was, you know, deep in diapers and all the things of momming little ones. Yeah. I love that, how you explained all of that. And a reminder about the fact that in mothering, it's not easy. And it is encouraging to know that you're not alone in it. And there's other moms you can connect with. And the fact that God was reminding you that he had gifted you and created you for a purpose and a plan, also separate from the gift of mothering that he had given you also, because oftentimes we can get really engrossed in motherhood, have our identity tied up in that. And then our kids grow up and like, okay, see you mom, you know, and you're like, who am I? Right. Right. What am I doing? So (laughs) that's, that's awesome. And yeah, I think I have a couple of those. What is it, Norwex? Yeah, Norwex, exactly. Yeah, I yep. have I have some of those. A friend of mine's sister <laughs> was doing that. So I have some of those cloths. So I know what you're talking about, but uh, how God segued you into something that was really precious because it was passed along from your mother-in-law for you to continue, which I love that. So, and I would love for you to expand a little bit about that also into the Enneagram and explain that because some of the listeners may not be familiar with that. Yeah. Well, I think ultimately one of my main passions is to help moms know that they are the mom for the job, that the Lord gave them the exact kids that they needed and that the Lord set them up to be the kind of mom that their kids needed. And, and it goes both ways, right? Because our kids teach us so much and we get to teach our kids. And I, I know I heard it in my own heart and I hear it in my friends at different times and through the years of like, I just can't do this. I, I am not the right mom for my kids. And And my heart is going, no, the Lord has made you the mom for the job. You are it. You're the right one. And so 
really like this intentional parenting was going, okay, how do we use this precious season without it being a pressure thing of performance or like we've got to do all the things. And I, my nature is naturally like, I want to do all the things because I'm an enthusiast and adventurer. And I just thrive on giving my kids lots of fun things because I want to do it with them. Right. Mm-hmm. But one of the, the things that I noticed a common theme. So the super summer challenge was something that my mother-in-law designed and she learned it from a focus on the family radio show. I want to say it was sanity in the summertime. And it was by Linda Dillo and another author that's not on the top of my head here, but she read this book with her best friend and they pulled out one of the ideas and made it their own thing and called it the super summer challenge. So she and her friend, Becky, they designed this thing that in the summer, they would come up with these challenges for their kids to do, to keep them busy, to stop them from saying I'm bored and to help moms get things done all while equipping their kids with lifetime skills, like skills Mm -hmm. that they really needed to serve them for a lifetime. And then they came up with a system of rewards to match the challenges and to keep them motivated, right? Because the summertime, sometimes it can be a little hard to stay motivated, both for mom and kids. (laughs) So it was fairly simplistic. I love the heart of it. I started it with my girls when they were three and two, and I was pregnant with my third. And he was due, and I didn't know he was a he at the time, he was due in August, and the two girls barely played well together. And I'm going, what am I going to do? I'm going to have a baby and nursing a baby, and they're going to be fighting or getting into the baby powder and, you know, (laughs) all this stuff. And they did. Um, But I, I, I knew I needed to equip them with just some just even playing together pleasantly. Mm -hmm. And what would that look like to coach them and teach them? And so my first super summer challenge was incredibly simplistic. There was two things that they would work on during the week. And at the end of the week, if they got a certain amount of stickers, because they did it well, they would get to go on a date with dad to get ice cream. I mean, Mm -hmm. how simple is that? Yeah. And, and it started to catch on. It took a couple of weeks and they started to catch on and they would see, oh, we do get a reward if we do well. And we don't get a reward if we don't do this well. We want to do well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually it turned into a little, I created a treasure box of dollar store items. It was super inexpensive because we had no money <laughs> at the time. It was just super simple. And then it evolved into that. And now I've been doing it for 11 summers. We're doing one this year with my 13, 12 and almost 10 year old. And they love it. They, they talk about it all year long. It's something they look forward to. They talk to us about the things they want to learn. So my kids know how to do the laundry and they know how to make all three meals and they know how to serve one another and they work on scripture memory. Yes, it's incentivizing things that for some people be like, well, my child just is going to do this. And I'm like, well, how about we make it more fun? I mean, we go to work and get paid for our work. Well, you know, unless you're a podcaster, we're still working on that. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. But, um, but for the most part, when we do something, it's for a a result and our kids don't have the long-term vision that we do. And so when we're teaching them how to do like mopping the floor and, and, making their bed and things like that. They don't understand what a valuable skill. So why not make it fun? So it's as easy as that. And, and of course, a lot of people will have this question and that question. And so that's why I took my mother-in-law's book and I thought, well, I would love to write it for today's parents because today's parents has a battle of technology that in the seventies and eighties, 
that, you know, just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And we also have the poll where a lot of us moms are working either outside the home full-time or inside the home full-time. And we're juggling so many things. And we have the luxury, except for this summer, but also the pull for all the summer camps and the lessons and the activities and things like that. And for me, ultimately, because I've done some summers really well and other, you know, as far as well, how I liked it and, and in other ways where I didn't really like how it ended up. So I overscheduled my kids and I put them in too many camps and I thought it would be fun. In the end, I realized, oh yeah, we just need a summer to connect and, and learn things together and enjoy being bored because on the other side of boredom is so much creativity and is so much expression of what God has put in them. So, so the super summer challenge has evolved just in for today's family. And I've created a video guide and a course that helps moms go from like, even just putting a rhythm in their summer schedule. And I'm not, man, I time blocking used to say that and I would shudder because I'm not a time blocking person, but you know, we need to have some structure for our kids sakes, for our sakes. And then walking through how you determine what kind of challenges you give your kids. I break it down into age groups and then how you even determine the prizes and how you come up with point values. And I have five different ways that I have done it. And so it just gives a variety of options. So That's the summer program that I love and I love sharing, but I kept running into this thing of going, well, Amy, you do that really well. That's just who you are. And I don't know if I can do it too. And I would walk my friends through it and and stuff. And some of them would catch on and they were like, oh yeah, and do it. And they, they would get the hang of it. And they had felt intimidated at first, but then come out on the other side, loving their summer and loving how the fruit in their kids' lives. But so it just had me thinking more and more about personality. And I had studied Myers-Briggs in the past and the DIST test and the gifts and, you know, all those different things. But I felt like there was one more piece that I, I would love to know if the Enneagram could help moms in a deeper way, not just for like the summer program, but but to help them be confident in their motherhood. And so I I had the privilege of hearing about the Enneagram years ago, but then getting connected with Beth McCord, who's known as your Enneagram coach, and she and her husband, Jeff, approached the Enneagram from a Christian perspective, which is very important because Mm -hmm. the Enneagram is just a tool and a resource. And you want to make sure that you are following someone and learning from someone who shares a biblical worldview as you do, because it can be used in ways that I'm very uncomfortable with personally. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, when you do some searches out there, if the Enneagram is new for you, just be aware, like user beware, make sure you're getting it from a Christian worldview. So anyway, Beth and Jeff McCord got connected with them, had her on the podcast, and she was going to be launching a coaching program where you could be trained to be a coach like she was and learn all the information from them. And lo and behold, it the Lord worked to open a door and worked it out where I could be trained under them. And I just had so much fun diving into that Enneagram world. And I loved getting to share it because that's who I am, right? Because the enthusiasts, they love to learn something or, you know, they just, they may even like have known about it for an hour, but then they want to share it with the world because it's just how we're wired. (laughs) If we like it, that's just the way it goes. So 
over time and with my friends on the podcast, I would be sharing what I was learning and be sharing answers to questions and different things like that. And over the years, it's really evolved into offering a, a mom coaching program. I'm writing a an Enneagram book for moms and working on some other resources where specifically it can help everyone, but I want to help the mom heart to be really confident and to to understand how Christ can meet them in their weaknesses mm-hmm. and enhance their superpowers for impacting their kids long-term. Nice. I love that. And the key thing you were talking about is how we're wired, how God has wired us and to maintain that biblical perspective. And when looking at the information regarding the Enneagram to be sure that it's from a faith-based perspective, because that's really important. But I I do love that. So there are different types, right? And you take uh, like a assessment and it comes out to a different type. Because I I was sharing with you before the podcast, how I would hear people talking about it and saying what they were like, well, I'm a four and I'm a seven and I'm a this and that. And I'm like, I don't know what I am. I've taken some of the other ones that you mentioned, like the disc one and, you know, Myers-Briggs and all of that. But what is the main difference? And tell us a little bit about what the types mean. Yeah. Well, the biggest difference, and you and I talked about this before, I think we started recording, but the Enneagram helps us understand our motivations. It's why we do what we do, not just our actions. So it's it's really important to take time with the Enneagram. It is not just a test. And it's not just this like, hey, you quickly find out your number, you know, quote mm-hmm. unquote. It's in a, a process of self-awareness and and self-awareness to lead to spiritual growth. I really liked the term and I've come across that some, some different leaders in the Enneagram movement use. And that is that you lead as a type because I go back to you're a child of God. You're not a number that you lead with a type and understanding what type we lead with helps us understand why we interact the way we do, why we make our decisions the way we do and, and things like that. So Ennea in short means nine in Greek. So there are nine different personality types. When you dive into it even further, well, you know, in a couple of years, you'll figure out there's actually like a hundred plus different types, right? Mm Because each type is so nuanced and there's all these different things to understand. So, but at the core, when you're first understanding it, you go, let's do a broad sweep that there's nine different types. And so Talking to moms in particularly, I like to use the word advocate because we're advocating for our kids. We're advocating qualities that we adhere to and believe in and really love and esteem. So the type one mom personality, I call the responsibility advocate. They really care about doing what's right and they don't feel comfortable about doing what's wrong. And they love to instill in their kids a moral compass and they, they encourage others, not only their children, but others to higher values, even at the cost of personal sacrifice sometimes. And that looks different mm-hmm. in all sorts of different ways. And then the mom who leads as a type two, I, call, I like to call them the generosity advocate because they instinctively know how to help others. They can't even help it. They're very motivated to extend unconditional love. They help their children become aware of what the world's needs are. 
so incredibly valuable, especially in a world that tends to be very me focused and, and and a type two mom is going to really help instill that value of, of looking to the world around them, not just what they need in their home. So, um, and of course, all of these have a shadow side, but today we're going to get to focus on the advocate, um, the, the positive thing. The type three mom personality, someone who leads with that, I like to call the success advocate. And it takes a lot of energy to make things successful, but they're motivated to bring significance and beauty, not only to the world, you know, in general, but to their motherhood and with their kids. And they're really great at championing their children to achieve their dreams and believe that they too can do that and make a difference in the world. So I love that. Um, a, a mom who leads as a type four, I call them the emotional advocate. <laughs> and they are really motivated to explore and support their children's unique talents and emotional needs. They're definitely in tune, you know, with when their child is having a hard time, they empathize, they're really good at that, and also aware of suffering. And the beauty of a, a type four, they're able to sit with someone when they're having a hard time. And they're not looking to run away or escape those of us who are going through hard things. They're, they're really good about sitting with us and being with us in that moment. A mom who leads us a type five, I like to call them the knowledge advocate. They are lovers of acquiring knowledge. They just are really good at it. And they also are great at it passing that knowledge along. So they, they not only are able to, you know, kind of research things well to dispel inaccuracies or exaggerations, but because of their knowledge, they're able to help give their kids really good perspective and teach them an attentiveness, which is, you know, just a skill, right. To like really dive into a subject and not just ask Siri, right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But what's the real story, you know, go get some books, read on this subject, do some research. Yeah. Uh, Not just Google. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not just Google. A type six mom personality is a security advocate. They are motivated to create safe and nurturing environments, but they also have an incredible sense of courage. And I think sometimes Mm -hmm. the type six gets lumped into this, like, oh, they're just fearful people. And I'm like, no, actually they're incredibly resilient. And when they're rooted in the security of Christ, they can be excellent troubleshooters and help their children be the same. Um, and, and because they can foresee problems, mm. you know, they can go ahead of us in a lot of ways and make things better and safer more than maybe some of the other types, especially like me. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> always see that. Uh, a mom who leads as a type seven, I like to call them an adventure advocate. They're all about getting things done, but they're also all about transforming it into fun, which makes so much sense. I lead as a type seven. It makes so much sense why I love the super summer challenge. And I love creating a simply summer for my kids and for myself. So they really are great at providing a lot of energy and inspiring their children to the things that the Lord has for them. All right, two more types. Mm-hmm. The, the one who leads as a type eight, I like to call them the courage advocate. They will not give in to social norms just because it's expected or if they are feeling guilted into something, they will not put up with that. They really care about doing what will make a difference and caring for those who are maybe defenseless or downtrodden. They are the advocate of advocates. I feel like they, when they are passionate about something, they are all in and they're all for it. And they will help teach their children to 
not only show up with determination, but also generosity in helping others and defending others. And last but not least, uh, the mom who leads as a type mom, I call them the serenity advocate. <laughs> They're often known as the peacekeeper, but I like to instead, let's think about that definition, not just a keeper, not just someone who stands and lets the mess go on behind them, but they are a peacemaker. Mm. And so they actually show up with opinions and desires and a solution and help help transform the situation, not just protect others from the mayhem happening behind them. So, you know, we definitely need our type uh, nine moms and they can really uh, teach children not only again to like desire peace, but how to make the peace, which is such a huge skill, right? Yes, for sure. Thank you for expanding on all of those types and what the meaning is and how you have a different reference for each mom, how she is an advocate in a different way. And I guess too, there's a lot of the different ones that can like have a lot of the similar qualities, but these are like the strengths, right? Of what absolutely what comes out. I like and... to call them the superpower, right? Yeah. <laughs> my superpower cape. What can I do? (laughs) Awesome. Especially for moms, because I certainly need that. So, and it is neat to know those things about other moms, because as you were explaining the different descriptions, you know, just different moms were coming to my mind, like, oh, that would be so-and-so. Oh, I think that's so-and-so. You know, I I can't like just label people or think of it as a label, but you just see just how God, like you said, how God has wired them and it just fits so well into that. Cause I know when, after you do these different things and you do read the descriptions, it's like, wow, that is so me. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like, that is totally me. And it almost what? It gives like permission, right? To be yes. who you are. Yes, totally. Yeah. Instead of always comparing ourselves, why, why don't I mom that way? Why can't I do it like her? It's going, oh, that's because I'm wired to do it this way. And here's how Christ can meet me in my weakness and Mm -hmm. in the strength that he put in me and to be able to flourish into the freedom of, of how he has uniquely made you. I love that. Yeah. It is amazing too, because it helps us connect better with each other. You know, when we understand these things and instead of, like you say, comparing all the time, you know, it's more like, oh, well, I know that this mom is really good at this. So I'm going to call and talk to her about that, you know, and then, (laughs) and so you can help each other. It's like a cool community because how boring would it be if we were all the same, right? (laughs) Totally. And yeah, I even, how I say it oftentimes when, whether we're talking about our mother-child relationship or our husband-wife or even sister-friend, a lot of times we might end up in this cycle of where we're just tolerating the differences. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the Enneagram helps us celebrate the differences where we can have that aha moment of like, oh, that's why they do it. They don't, they're not doing it to annoy me or frustrate me or just to be different than me. That's just how God made them to be. We all have room for growth. But really at the root of it, it's for us to be able to understand, oh, that's how they're wired. And I can celebrate that. Gives you a little bit more of an in-depth look as to what God is really doing. You know, there's a bigger picture here and how is he putting people together and helping each other find their, you know, strengths and all of that. So that's really cool. And I love how you were talking earlier about the summer challenge, because even especially now, of course, we're going through a really weird season. So weird. 
pandemic stuff. It's like, what? And it's something that a lot of moms have never dealt with before where they've had to take up the homeschooling part. So true. It's been a really unique time, very challenging for all of us. Yeah. So how do you help the moms and how do they connect with you? Like how can the listener connect with you? Because maybe a listener right now isn't in that season of motherhood where their kids are smaller or even still at home, but they might be grandmas or they might know, you know, someone that could use that. And another thing too, I wanted to mention is earlier on when we were talking and I'm not sure if it was when we were actually doing the show, but you were talking about the fact that it's not just seasonal, like these Mm -hmm. things are important to know about ourselves, not just for the season that we're in, but it just is for a lifetime of what God is calling us to do, right? Yes. Oh, that's so true. And I'm glad you pointed that out. I think that the great thing about the Enneagram is that it isn't just about the mom-child relationship, but it's all the all the relationships that we have. And, and in fact, next um, Sunday, I'm teaching for a, a leadership retreat because the Enneagram can help us be better leaders and strengthen our leadership and the social interaction or just the, even the collaborative interaction that we have with other people. And so, yeah, you know, and in some seasons of life, it feels easier to do the introspection that the Enneagram sometimes entails. So it it would be easy to go, well, maybe I'll do that later. But I, you know, I just encourage any woman listening, whether you're maybe an empty nester for the first time, or you are maybe entering into a season of motherhood, or, you know, like you said, that just kind of stick your toes in the water of the Enneagram. And I have a lot of ways to help you. Not only could you go to simplywholehearted.com and you can see right there on the front page, I have all the information about the summer. I have free resources that women, if you've heard my stuff and you're like, I think I could figure that out. I've got templates that are just free for the download. Um, But I also have a way, if you go onto my website and you click on Enneagram, you can find, I have free resources again that you can download that it kind of gives you an overview of all the Enneagram stuff if you want to start there. But then I have a free video guide that helps you determine your type. And you might do the video guide because it's really important. I think the Enneagram is better explored through conversation. And so therefore reading these days, if you can't have a conversation, um, not just a test because there's so many nuances to it and there's so many changes for us. It's hard to interact with that one dimensional. So my free video guide helps you kind of whet your appetite for understanding the different aspects, all the different nine types and how you figure out what type you lead as. And then I have a couple more, one that walks you through what could be dangerous about the Enneagram, Mm. what is helpful, how it can help you, what's not helpful about it. It's a 30 minute video guide. You can do that during a nap time or during a commute because you could listen to it. And then I have one after that, that also dives in deeper to the nine different types and helps you determine how you make decisions and what your interpersonal communication style is. And by exploring those, you go, oh, that's why my husband and I argue like that. (laughs) Super cool, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All sorts of different insight that you're like, oh, this could be a game changer. (laughs) Yeah. So it helps in all, like you say, all kinds of relationships. And, you know, whether it be at home with a spouse, with your kids or in the workplace. Absolutely. Wow. That's why that person I work with approaches things this way versus the way I approach it and how you can work together. 
it's it's <laughs> such a valuable thing. It also helps us understand why we are called the way we're called. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's been so many light bulb moments. Once I understood what type I led as, I would go, oh, that is why I desire to do certain things, or that's why I even have made the decisions that I've made, or I, just so many elements. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly valuable that just, it shines a light on these things that otherwise maybe we would be unaware of. And we can then walk in greater freedom once we have that perspective and that insight and take it to the Lord and go, okay, I realize I do it this way. Show me the best way. Nice. Yeah. I love how you said, you know, it kind of helps you make sense of things. The light bulb moments come on and go, oh, okay, I get it. And it just puts words to it and it names it and helps us be able to get out like, oh, and even communicate with others. Yeah. I don't mean to, but this is why I am responding the way I'm responding. Help me do this better. Or I need you to know this. So so that way you can be gentler with me or more patient with me or understanding. Yeah. I love that. It's cool how you said name it because that's amazing, you know, just to be aware. And I like how you continually refer to it as this is the way I lead because we're all leaders, really. Some people don't think of themselves as leaders because they might not be in that particular role with a leader title, but we are all leaders, right? Yeah, we're leading somebody. (laughs) Exactly. We're leading somebody. (laughs) Absolutely. I totally agree with that. So, all right. So we already talked about that you have your awesome Simply Wholehearted podcast and your website, which I can put all of those links in the show notes for people to find you. Was there any other places or any other things that you wanted to mention? Well, I love hanging out on Instagram. Now, admittedly, just as I stepped into summer and the three kids ages that I mentioned, I felt like the Lord was saying, you need to pause your podcast for the summer. And included with that has been a short interim pause on the socials. But otherwise, I love hanging out at Instagram and love keeping up the conversation there. And of course, my podcast, I have over three years of content. So plenty of episodes to listen to if you're doing some road trip in the summer and, um, or get to walk the dog or whatever. And, um, I'd love to get to hang out with you and kind of in your earbuds, right. Be that voice of encouragement. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, I hope that our listeners will check that out because I know they'll be super blessed just like I am. (laughs) Thank you, Doris. I've loved getting to be on here and getting to chat with you. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure and I hope that I can have you on again because I know there's lots more. Absolutely. To Amy Wicks, you know, that, (laughs) you know, we can't share in just this short amount of time. So we're looking forward to seeing all you have going on and what God is doing in your life and in your ministry and what's happening with the, you know, the books and things that you're working on. So thank you, friend. Thank you, Doris. I sure appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you for listening. I hope what Amy had to share today encouraged and inspired you and you learned a little bit more about what the Enneagram is and how you can apply it to your life. To learn more about that and to connect with Amy, plus grab her awesome resources that she mentioned in the show, go to simplywholehearted.com and there you'll find all the information about her Simply Wholehearted podcast, her Super Summer Challenge, And you can also find Amy on her Facebook and Instagram pages. And those links are all for you in the show notes. I'd also love to connect with you. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. And join my email list by entering your email address in the pop-up invite. Friend, you have been fearfully and wonderfully made by God. 
You are unique and there is nobody else in the entire world that can walk in your calling. Only you can. And God has plans for your life. I love the passage in Psalms that talks about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'd like to leave you with it and encourage you that God created you for a purpose. But not only that, He created you because He loves you. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Psalm 139, verses 14 through 18. I hope you'll join me next week when I invite another woman to share where she's taking action, where her passion and compassion and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.